This is the Joe and Amber podcast. If you are wondering what color my hair is, it is in fact blonde. And that, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, might have been a bit of a blonde moment. Joe and Amber here on ESPN Radio. Joe Fortenbaugh, Amber Wilson. You can tell this Floridian doesn't make it to upstate New York very often. I thought they were called buffalo wings because of buffalo sauce. I didn't consider the origin of the sauce in the wings. Makes a lot of sense now that I know it. You don't need to go to New York to know that. You could just go on the internet. That started a few years ago. It answers <laughs> some questions for you and has some information out there. You may have heard of it. You just <laughs> dial up with your AOL password and listen to the... And there you are. You're connected. And there you go. Uh, the second it came out of my mouth, I knew that it was going to be the open for the show. So thank you, James Steele, for doing that. Thank you, people in my menchies here over the last 24 hours who were aghast and appalled that I did not realize that Buffalo Wings came from Buffalo, New York, which, again... Now it makes a lot of sense. These are the things that you learn here on Joe and Amber. I will be in Buffalo for that Dolphins game, and I will be rooting for my Miami Dolphins, but I'll probably need to eat a lot of wings because I don't think there's going to be much else for me to do watching that game because I'm guessing Skylar Thompson and the Dolphins probably about to get waxed, but we'll see. I'll hold out hope. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. You can be a part of Joe and Amber Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. So I'm going to interrupt you real quick. I have a quick two-part question. You can keep the answers short. Go for it. Part number one, have you had or tried wings before? Of course I've had wings. Uh, Yeah, of course. Okay. Of course. (laughs) What a ridiculous question on my behalf. Uh, Number two, will you try wings when you are in Buffalo and report back on this show Monday about those said wings? I absolutely will. Now that I know. When I go to a region, I am going to try whatever said region is known for. And yes, normally I'm a healthy eater and I have, but like if I went to Chicago right now, even though we've talked on this show about how little I've consumed pizza over the last year. If I went to Chicago right now, I'm still probably trying a deep dish again, you know? So like, I, I will try the things in the regions that you're supposed what if to have. What if it's the middle of the jungle and they're cannibals? All right. Well, we're taking this, we're taking wow. this theory a little bit far. The point I just is, was curious man, as to what? whether or not she would try all local flavors. What? Is it just, that just American like, flavor? Was that question out of line? That that seems like a hair too far, perhaps. I, I, uh, all right, I retract. I would, try, I, retract. I would try many of things. There's probably some bugs on the list that they eat in certain, certain regions that maybe I wouldn't give it a go. I don't know if I'd try like a chocolate-covered cockroach anywhere, you know, for example. <laughs> like, there are things. I probably do, in fact, have limits. But I've rarely met a food I don't enjoy. So I am okay. an open-minded person when it comes to food even though I didn't know Buffalo Wings came from Buffalo, New York. I will be consuming wings this weekend, probably also a lot of alcohol this weekend, because again, I don't have much faith in how that game's going to go. Also, I'm going to need to stay warm up there. But I also don't know how much faith we can have in Brandon Staley's job right now in Los Angeles, because, Joe, I thought that it was safe when the Chargers made the postseason, frankly. I thought that the hot seat had cooled off a bit for Staley, at least for the time being. Maybe not so fast. We got the word today that wide receiver Mike Williams has a small non-surgical fracture in his back. It is expected to sideline him two to three weeks, so short of them making the actual Super Bowl, it seems like Mike Williams' season is over. Now, why is that on Staley? Well, Staley played him 
in that nonsense game against the Denver Broncos that had nothing to do with any sort of playoff positioning for the Chargers that had already clinched at that point and was already where they were. That game had no effect on anything. He still chose to start his starters in that game. Mike Williams suffers this injury. It took some time for them to figure out what this injury was. Initially, the MRIs came back negative. They end up finding this fracture. He's out for the postseason. Joe. So this is something I try to teach my kids, and I've tried to live by this as well. It's not always, it's not always about making the best decision. Sometimes it's just about avoiding the worst possible decision, right? Like you might go somewhere where you have a bunch of options. Eh, is this the best? Is this the second best? Sometimes just avoid the worst possible option, and you'll put yourself in a position to win. You'll put yourself in good shape. Staley went into week 18 with nothing to gain. There's a risk-reward scenario here. The risk. You play your starters, one of them can get hurt. Two of them can get hurt. The reward, well, they stay in form. They don't have the week off. Maybe they hit the ground running. They don't come out flat next week. That risk-reward scenario tips dramatically to risk. Like there's so little reward right there, you should not be playing them. So you're gonna go ahead and risk it. Now let's go down down that path for a second. You wanna take the risk because you want him to stay in form. I mm-hmm. think Staley said something to the lines of he was an assistant somewhere once. They gave the guys rest in the final week of the season. They came out flat the next week. Well, guess what? You're the coach. It's your job to make sure they're not flat. Here's an example. Andy Reid, the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, including his tenure in Kansas City and Philadelphia, when he comes off a bye week, he is 21-3. and three. That is not luck. Andy Reid knows how to have his team ready coming off a bye. When Mike Vrabel of the Tennessee Titans has nine or more days to get ready for a game, he's nine and two, 10 and one against the spread. Okay. So it is possible. And it's been shown by many coaches that extra rest with a layoff, you can coach your team up and have them ready to play. Staley clearly isn't that guy because he was so worried that they'd come out flat. He wanted to play his starters. He took the risk rather than the reward scenario and boom, he got burned for it. Now he's going to have to try to coach his way out of it. Well, let's be real. There's questions about Staley beyond just this decision in terms of his decision-making. I'm not sure anybody is comparing Staley to Andy Reid or even Mike Vrabel in terms of where he is right now as a coach. But in terms of this specific decision, and I think it's easy to pile on here because again, there's the other decisions as well the aggressive play calling the fourth downs it's been something that has been talked about around Brandon Staley for a long time but in this specific instance I don't know if I have such a huge problem with it because name the coaches who are resting their starters here down the stretch of the season even in garbage time I mean I saw Tom Brady out there in a game I was like what is happening he's 45 years old with a terrible O-line this season or a banged up O-line this season I should say and I saw him out out there for a half of football in a game that meant absolutely nothing. It's not like the Chargers are by any means the only team to have been doing this. Now they are a team that needed to find themselves in the postseason and because they haven't found themselves this construction of this team in the postseason before, I could see the concern that if you give them the time off that they would come out rusty, right? Like you want to keep the train moving. You want to keep it rolling. But also Staley gave another reason as well, Joe. He did say what you're trying to do is set a standard for your program, show how you do things That's what I believe in. I didn't want anybody to get hurt regardless of their status because everybody's important, but he didn't want to make the decision on who plays and who doesn't play and make put certain importance on one player over another. Do you buy that to any degree? 
Yeah, I absolutely buy it because that's what he's saying. He clearly had some sort of logic for the rationale as to why he was playing his starters. The thing is, he also said in his press conference, well, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Hindsight, everybody's perfect. Bro, it's not hindsight. Anybody gambling, anybody playing fantasy, anybody watching the NFL knew going into that game you had nothing to play for, that you shouldn't have been playing your starters. It's not like after the fact people came out and said he made a mistake. They were tweeting and talking about this from the start of the game when Justin Herbert was out there. You have to remember, this is a snake-bitten franchise. 21 seasons of football where they had Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, or Justin Herbert as their quarterback. 21 seasons. Five total playoff wins. This is a team that consistently finds ways to shoot itself in the foot. You can always get in touch with us here on Joe and Amber. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. That is the number on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. That's where we find Evan. Evan is in Alabama. Evan, what do you have for us? Hey, Amber. uh, I was just going to weigh in on the Buffalo wing conversation and see if you were aware that Philly cheesesteaks originated from Philadelphia. <laughs> That's a great point. Thank Darn you. Darn you, you, Evan. Evan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's who a fair question seen that at this point. Yes, I'm yeah. familiar with the fact that Philly cheesesteaks come from Philadelphia. Again, I just didn't think about it, apparently, when it comes to wings. Buffalo I, wings. I, I wonder where they invented the cocktail, Buffalo, the Alabama wild wings. It all makes a lot of sense now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the whole world. You're seeing the world in color now, girl. <laughs> You're just seeing I really the world am. in color. It has just <laughs> opened up a whole new path for me and a whole new world. All right. I need to collect myself over the break. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, I'm going to try not to stay any more stupid stuff on air, but that's probably a tall ask. Also, is there more drama in Baltimore? We're going to tell you about it. That's next. Joe and Amber, this is ESPN Radio, and of course, you can listen to us on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. It's a good thing that I have multiple degrees that I can point to on my wall and say, hey guys, I really am smart. I promise I do have some semblance of intelligence here because you might not have known it earlier when I revealed to America quite accidentally that I didn't realize Buffalo wings came from Buffalo, New York. Did not realize that was the food that Buffalo, New York was known for. Just never thought about it in depth, to be honest with you. The phone lines... Well, they're starting to light up. So I'm sure that this is going to go great for me. Triple eight, say ESPN. That's how you get in touch with us. That's where Brian in Illinois is. Brian, what do you have for me? 
Hey, listen, I owe you guys. You're keeping me company on my UPS route late in the day now, so I wanted to just help you back out. The Chicago dog, Amber, is, in fact, from Chicago, the Chicago-style hot dog. So when you're there, grab you a Chicago dog. Thank you so much. Okay, well, I appreciate that advice. I I think I did know that hot dogs were a thing there, but I guess I really know more about the pizza being a Chicago thing. I do not remember having – I've been to Chicago only once. It was for work, so I was only there for a brief period of time. I don't remember having a hot dog, frankly, when I was in Chicago. But I What type of pizza are they known for? Do you know? The deep dish. It's a pie. It's not a pizza. It's an excuse for a pizza, but it's the deep dish. Really not honestly overrated in my experience, but – that's what most people think, but Chicago style is actually the cracker thin. The right, cracker see, thin pizza. Shout out just, Chicago. I'm not from there, but I know how you do business. Well, now I'm just thrown for a loop. If it was a cracker thin pizza, honestly, I probably would have enjoyed it a bit more. Triple H ESPN. That's where Rick in Delaware is. Rick, what do you have for us? Uh, I was actually out uh, picking up Philly cheesesteaks while listening to you guys and uh, just wanted to let you know that the Maryland crab soup is from maryland in fact thanks guys <laughs> thank you now, maryland crab soup i actually am not familiar with i am familiar with the maryland oh crab God. cake and i did realize maryland crab cakes were from maryland you you couldn't put two and two together that if maryland's known for crab it could be a cake or a soup like I've that just never had maryland crab soup i mean i i don't know i you can just pretend. Sometimes you, I haven't can, ever you don't been have to admit not knowing. You could be like, yeah, of course, Maryland crab. I get it. Crab cakes, well, crab soup. I don't think the crab soup thing as as, as in, like Maryland crab soup. I've never been to Maryland. I just haven't had like specifically Maryland crab soup. I've had crab soup in Florida, and it ain't Maryland crab soup. However, we have a lot of crab down here in Florida, don't forget. However, the wings thing, I think that's next level stupid, what I did there. <laughs> Like, I don't know if the Maryland crab soup thing is quite on the same level. I can buy that. The Maryland crab cake, on the other hand, like that would be slightly more embarrassing. But the wings thing, I, I should have known. Should have known is, about Buffalo. This is what happens when you're overly health conscious. You think you're so smart and you're going to live so long, but then you don't end up understanding any of the good stuff that's out there. It's actually the really unhealthy stuff that makes you smart. It is makes that true? Is that, that's where I went wrong yes. in life. That's the problem. Yes. Now the brain's not responding it to quinoa. It's not. Well, listen, my dissertation on food has not gone well at all. Maybe it'll go better if we go back to talking about sports. Let's do it. Everybody's zero and zero going forward. And now we get a chance to play these guys again, host a playoff game. That's a huge deal to be able to do that. One guy said to me in the organization, we got to have eight. We got to have number eight. We got to have number eight. Windows my whole career. So Sammy Watkins said some very interesting things when it comes to Lamar Jackson. Because remember, Joe, we got word from Lamar Jackson via his own social media yesterday that he is, in fact, injured. And he was very specific on his social media about what his specific injury is in terms of the knee injury. Well, Sammy Watkins got out there and he started talking about how everybody is basically banged up and hurt at this point. He doesn't want to speak for Lamar Jackson. He doesn't want to speak for him in terms of that contract situation. So Watkins mentions there Lamar and the contract situation, maybe alluding to the fact that the contract does in fact have something to do with this. But he also went on to say that he hopes that he gets back out there and plays. What do you make of that? It's one of two things. Either he's speaking for the locker room or he just made an incredibly boneheaded comment to the media. It's one of those two. 
he could have let slip the sentiment many Ravens have, which is, we need you, Lamar. We love you. It's a PCL sprain. We, like a lot of people out there, were told this wasn't supposed to take this long, and yet here we are, and you're not going to be out there with us, and we know you give us a better chance to win. He may have let that slip. That could be the sentiment in the locker room because amongst the public, there are a lot of people that feel like Lamar Jackson should be playing. And these are people without degrees, without any sort of inside information whatsoever. It's just what they think. There are people who don't realize that wings come from Buffalo, New York. I mean, those sorts of people. And they think that Lamar should be out there. But it feels like Sam and Watkins might know a thing or two about a thing or two. And Watkins, here's the problem with these comments from Sammy Watkins. I mean, the whole reason I didn't just read you all of them is because it's so long right? Like the quotes are lengthy and he talks about it at length. He says, Lamar has got an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. I hope he hobbles back out there. He says that he doesn't want to speak for him on contract situation. He goes on to say that I think the world's ready to see Lamar get back out there. I pray somebody talks to him like man, just sign the deal. You know what I mean? So he quite literally goes on and is saying, Hey, if Lamar has this deal in place, I think he'd be out there. Like just sign the deal. Let's get back out there. Let's go win a Super Bowl. And that does seem to contradict what we heard from Lamar Jackson himself. Now, I don't know what to make of that because all the rumors were out there that this was because of the contract. And all of us could buy it. You know, Lamar wants the bag and then your negotiating tactic there is, hey, I'm not going to go ahead and help you win in a postseason unless you go ahead and pay me. You need to come up to where I want you to be from a negotiating perspective. I think we could all understand that as a tactic. That is how the player has power and that's how to exercise your power. But also... With Lamar then coming out yesterday and saying, no, this is what I have injury-wise, and being so specific. It was like a, a you know doctor's report there on his social media and going into specifics about the pain he's in. That doesn't seem like a move you make if you're using it as a negotiation tactic, right? So it's like you're helping the Ravens out there. You're getting the heat off the Ravens from a PR perspective because you're saying, no, this really is because I'm injured. And now Watkins saying this, I kind of don't know what to make of this situation. And frankly, because of what Lamar did, it's so contradictory. I'll make the case for Lamar in this situation that a, I think early on Baltimore spoke and made it seem like he'd be back in a few weeks. And when he wasn't, we all thought there was more there than meets the eye. But the reality is a PCL injury of his nature. There are people who have sustained that and they've been out as long, if not longer, it's a painful injury. So I do think there's some merit to what's going on with Lamar Jackson. And then number two, it's possible that Watkins is just speaking completely out of line. Because to be honest, a lot of times, these guys have each other's back when it comes to getting paid. They know the risk they're taking, and I bet there's a lot of guys in that locker room that defend Lamar when it comes to his situation versus the Ravens and what's going on with that contract. Maybe, but also maybe the frustration from the other players on that team is, hey, we want our guy out there because we want to win a Super Bowl, and we're not going to be able to do that without him. So maybe there's just frustration from that perspective, like, man, rub some dirt on it and get back out there. Coming up next, will the Giants be able to get revenge on Minnesota? Joe and Amber, the podcast. We are going to talk to a Super Bowl champ in just moments, but on Joe and Amber, we like to try to earn you a little pizza money. How do we do that? Well, we give you some bets that are worth putting some loose change on. You don't bet the house on it, but you bet some pizza money on it. And for that advice, who else do we turn to than our own Joe Fortenbaugh, of course, one of the hosts of the Daily Wager here on ESPN. Let's get to it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Let's go to NFC Wild Card Weekend Sunday edition. The Minnesota Vikings hosting the New York Giants. A little prop action for you. Giants quarterback Daniel Jones over 
243 and a half passing yards. We're betting that Daniel Jones will have 244 or more passing yards. He's only averaging 200 passing yards per game this season. So you may say, foreign ball, what's up with that? He needs to go way above his average. Look at his opponent. Minnesota is one of the absolute worst pass defenses in the NFL. They're giving up 279 passing yards per game, which ranks second last in the league. More importantly, just three weeks ago, Jones went to Minnesota to play this same Vikings team in this same Vikings stadium, and he threw for 334 yards, his second highest total of 16 games this season. Pizza money number one for tonight. Daniel Jones over 243 and a half passing yards on Sunday. They're going to win this game. There's no question in my mind that the Giants will win that game. That's playoffs. Whatever the seeds are, the seeds are. We're now into what we've talked about for a while, which is one-game seasons. Nothing else matters at this point. Don't be shocked when the Giants win that game. So speaking of those New York Giants, former Giants running back two-time Super Bowl champ Brandon Jacobs joins us now here on Joe and Amber. And Brandon, thanks so much for giving us some of your time. I want to start with who Joe was just talking about, which of course is Daniel Jones. Certainly a bounce back year for Daniel Jones. Do you think he's ready for this stage in the postseason? Uh, I don't think it's a question if Daniel Jones is ready for this stage. Um, this is, you know, he's been in the league a little bit now. Um, I think this year he's done phenomenal. Uh, you know, again, no crazy stats. He didn't blow up crazy, but he didn't turn the ball over you know, that much, and he didn't lose games for the football. Hey, I think, you know, and just a couple of weeks ago, just, have, you know, played this Vikings team. I mean, we had him beat. We had him there. Guy kicked the 61-yard field goal. I don't think that was going to happen too many times. So I got the Giants winning this one easy. Brandon, Minnesota went 13-4 and this season. That's a win better than Cincinnati, a win better than Buffalo. It's the same record as San Francisco, and yet they get nowhere close to the respect that those other teams get. Why is that? Because every time they played a good football team, that's you know where those four losses came from. I mean, the way Dallas went down to Minnesota and put a, uh, a whooping on them, I don't think everybody would ever would ever really respect them the way they need to be respected. Yeah, I know they got a great record. There's no question about it. And I think the NFL all over was competitive uh, throughout the season. Um, I think maybe because of some of the losses that they suffered um, and some of the close wins that they got against teams they should have you know beaten worse. I think that you know, I think that I, I think that maybe uh, has a part to do with them not getting the proper respect that they're getting. Two-time Super Bowl champ, two-time Super Bowl champ Brandon Jacobs joining the show here. And Brandon, I, I talked about a bounce-back season there at that quarterback position. A bounce-back season, really, for the Giants at every single position. That seems in large part due to the job that Brian Dayball has done. How impressive has the turnaround been under Dayball, and that it happened this quick? I mean, I'm not shocked at it. You know, when I had a chance to meet Coach uh, over the summer, um, you know, as they were in training, you know, uh, a training camp. I mean, when he, as as a coach, swallow your pride and ask a former player, you know, what did it take to get to where we went? Like, we, like, what did you guys do? How, like, like, what morale was around the building? How did the teammates treat, you know, treat each other? Like, what special things, you know, that we've done that to to kind of push us over that hump to, you know, you know, push us to be world champions. And when a coach, that, that, that he's in the leading seat. He's the leader. He doesn't have to ask anybody. He has the job now. He doesn't have to, he doesn't have to ask anybody anything. So he was all about swallowing his pride and asking some of the former players on, you know, on 
how, you know, things, you know, like how was it around the building? And, and I thought right then that he that he was going to be the guy for the job. I mean, we didn't get what we needed to be, you know, until Coach Coughlin created our leadership committee and kind of let our team run our team. Yeah, we know he's the leader of our team, but he really put the, the you know the emphasis on the leadership committee to run the team. And once he did that, I mean, everybody started you know feeling it in certain places. Yeah, we played good you know throughout the season, and we played bad throughout the season. But we loved and respected each other enough to you know to get it together at the time that we needed to. Brandon, let's pivot to what else is going on in the NFL. One of the big storylines today, Chargers-Jaguars set to square off Saturday night in the AFC wildcard showdown. The storyline out of the Chargers camp, Mike Williams, wide receiver, won't play due to a fracture in his back sustained in a Week 18 game that was absolutely meaningless to the Chargers in terms of playoff seeding. What do you think about head coach Brandon Staley's decision to play his starters in that matchup? Was that the right move? I think it's the right move. I mean, it's a gladiator sport. You you got to know every time you line up, there's a possibility that you can get hurt. You know, um, I think it's the right move. I mean, you go into the playoffs with momentum. Um, I'm not sure if it was a game even worth playing, you know, for real, change of seating one way or another. But, I mean, we was in the same situation in 2007 when we faced the Patriots. We was in, they were in, they were trying to go undefeated, and Coach Coughlin said, hey, why not us? They want to go, you know, 16-0. and 0. Why, why can't we be the team to knock them off of that? Why, you know, let's give people something to, you know, to remember about our football team. So we got up and, and we went after it. And, and, you know, I say it was a game worth playing. It done, that game did so much for our football team. It, you know, it, it gave us the confidence that we needed to go through the playoffs. And, and, and we ended up going all the way, having to play that team again. They probably wanted to see any other team in the playoffs except me in the Super Bowl, you know, except the Giants. But I do understand playing, and I do understand not playing. But, you know, hey, he played. Mike got hurt. They got, you know, is the next guy up. That's a huge loss for the Chargers, huge loss, as we all know, what uh, Mike Williams brings to that uh, team. So, I mean, next man up, you know, let's hope they get through this first round and, and, and see if we can give them a chance to come back. But who knows? Brandon Jacobs joining us here on Joe and Amber. Since we're sticking with stories across the league, I want to ask you about this Lamar Jackson situation. He's not going to be under center when the Ravens take on the Bengals. And there's a lot of noise, Brandon, about why. Some people think it's because of the contract situation. Lamar has come out and said it's because he's in pain from his knee injury. Either way, we never see a quarterback this good on the final year of a rookie deal. What do you make of that situation in Baltimore? It's such a it's such a toxic situation if you ask me. Um just number one, I mean he he's up for a contract and happening to sit out the first round of the playoffs. I mean, and I guess I think I think in the last two years he's missed somewhere around eleven or twelve games, which is not good when you're the guy that you know that's asking for you know, two hundred million dollar contract, two hundred fifty million dollar contract, three hundred million contract, whatever he's asking for, you got to be available. You got to be available. There is no if ands or buts about it. I I don't know the real reason why he's sitting out. I just know no quarterback is gonna is gonna you know pass up opportunity to play uh, the first round of playoffs for you know like first team. Yeah, I think the the, the Ravens has done great. You know. You know, that, like last few weeks, I don't see too much of a, a change. Maybe that's why he's making a decision to sit out because his health is more important and the team isn't really missing as much. But, I mean, it's a Lamar Jackson. He always do a little bit more than the guy they got in there now. So, 
I don't know the you know the real reason. I've actually been trying to you know scramble and dig into it as well. I have nothing. So I mean, but just to say pain in the first round of the playoffs, I I, I don't know if I can buy that one. Yeah, certainly a strange situation brewing in Baltimore. Former Giants running back two-time Super Bowl champion Brandon Jacobs. Brandon, thanks so much for giving us some of your time. Hey, thanks for having me. So what Brandon, a backfield, man. Him and Tiki, what a backfield. I mean, unbelievable, right, during that it time. Was, and yeah, listen. Ahmed Bradshaw as well. Like, there was, man, thund- what were they called, Thunder and Lightning? Or was that Ron, Dane, and Tiki? Well, I might be wrong, but Jacobs was a beast. Plus, people don't remember, he was lightning quick. Mm-hmm. He wasn't just big. He was lightning fast in the backfield. Mm-hmm. And then there was a lot of dark years for the New York Giants. And now they're back, or seemingly so, with just one year here from Brian Dable. Just an unbelievable turnaround there. And the future appears to be very bright in you know in New York. We'll see what they do with Daniel Jones. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. They're going to have to pay the man. But I'm guessing he's probably staying there. You can always get in touch with us. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. That is where we find Matt in Atlanta City on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Matt, what do you have for us? Yeah, Amber, when you went into that break saying, will the Giants get revenge on Minnesota, this is the perfect matchup for the New York football Giants. I mean, if you look at the defense, you got Leonard Williams back with Dexter Lawrence on the line, Kayvon Thibodeau off the edge, Xavier McKinney and Adoree Jackson in the backfield reunited, Landon Collins, don't forget, Wink Martindale's coming with that blitz. You got a frazzle cousins, double Jefferson. Let me just let me let me be known. Justin Jefferson has been stopped, ladies and gentlemen. The uh, Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys stopped Justin Je- Justin Jefferson. He can be stopped. You got to stop Dalvin Cook. It's a it's, it's a lot. It's going to be a hostile environment. But my but let me just say right now, go big blue, baby. We're going to get revenge on Minnesota. Thank you guys. Even the Packers stopped Justin Jefferson. It's possible we've seen it, but we've seen it in snippets. We have seen Kirk Cousins rattled, and we've certainly seen him rattled on this kind of stage, Joe. We have, but it's not at night. Kirk Cousins is known to play very well when it doesn't matter in the middle of the day, but at nighttime is where he struggles. For the Giants, the most important defensive, the most important defensive, how do I want to phrase this, element that they could deploy here is their own running game. They ran for six yards a carry against Minnesota in that first meeting. Like, if you can rack up six yards per carry, you can control the clock. You can control the initiative, which is big in chess, right? You want to be able to control the initiative, to force the action, to put your opponent on their heels. That's what you do to Minnesota. Run the football. Let that high-powered offense sit on the sideline and start to feel the pressure of having to come out and play explosively. Keep your defense rested. I think that's the key for New York in this game. Run the football. Protect the football. They were minus two in turnover differential in that first meeting. You do that, you'll win the game. The Vikings host the Giants at 4.30 p.m. on Sunday. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Coming up, the Rams will not have a new coach next season. We're going to tell you about that next. This is ESPN Radio, and you can listen on the ESPN app. Are you ready for an epic wild card Monday? Ready for football. Cowboys Buccaneers, Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN and ABC. And you can watch Peyton and Eli's take on the game on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Didn't have to wait long for Sean McVay to take some time and a 
evaluate things, at least not this season. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But first, let's do what we do best on this show, and that's attempt to earn you pizza money. We don't always do it. Okay, we're not always successful, but hopefully we'll be more successful than not in trying to do that. And who doesn't like to try to earn some pizza money? Pizza money, of course. Not house money, okay? It's a small bet that you're making, a wager that Joe Fortenbaugh likes that he feels good about, but not good enough to go tell you to mortgage the property on. So let's get to it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Tonight's theme is NFL playoff prop bets. Our opening pizza money bet was Daniel Jones over 243 and a half yards. We have two more coming after this one. But for right now, we focus on the Los Angeles Chargers. Running back Austin Eckler over four and a half receptions. Receptions against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Eckler has been a big part of the Charger passing game this season, averaging 6.2 receptions per game. With Mike Williams out for this game due to a back fracture, Eckler should be heavily targeted in this matchup against a Jacksonville defense that has done a very, very poor job defending opposing running backs this season. Through 17 regular season games, the Jaguars are allowing 6.2 receptions per game to opposing running backs. That is second most in the NFL. It's a guy who should be highly targeted in a matchup against a team that does a poor job defending opposing running backs in the passing game. Pizza money number two. Chargers running back Austin Eckler over four and a half receptions. So that's how it's done. Go earn your pizza money and take Joe Fortenbaugh's advice. Somebody who doesn't need pizza money because he's already got that on lock is the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams. His name is Sean McVay. It has been days, just a matter of days, Joe, since we heard from Sean McVay at a press conference where he said at a season-ending news conference that he would take the quote-unquote appropriate time to make a decision and figure out his future where apparently the appropriate time was until today was just a few days because he has figured out his future he has told the los angeles rams that he will in fact remain the head coach of the rams for next season the rams of course coming off of a abysmal 5 and 12 season mcveigh's worst losing campaign since he was hired at that position back in 2017. But it only took a few days, Joe, for him to let us know he's back. You know what? Credit to McVay because while he has the right to take as long as he wants to make this decision, he does understand the ramifications. If he's going to leave, the Rams have to put together a coaching staff, and the longer they wait, the options are going to dry up. So credit to him for having respect for owner Stan Kroenke and everyone else involved in the process. That's a stand-up thing to do. And you know what? I'm glad he's back. I'm not a Rams fan. I'm not necessarily a McVay fan, but I think the game is better with him. He's done a tremendous job as the head coach of the Rams. Six seasons on the job. This was his only season with a losing record. Team sustained a ton of injuries this year. They're off the Super Bowl win. Whatever. Any fan base in the world would take a championship followed by a tough season. Any fan base in the world. 60 and 38 during the regular season. That's a 61% winning percentage in the NFL in a tough division in which the Niners are always good. Seattle's gotten better. And the Cardinals, well... They're the Cardinals. They're <laughs> they might Cardinals. get better one day. Yeah. Uh, Postseason career, 7-3, we'll and three, two trips to the bowl, one win. He's had a tremendous career. So if he's coming back, good for the NFL. The, guys, the league is better off with him in it. The, the league is better off with Sean McVay. I do agree with that. I am surprised. I don't really understand this song and dance, though, that these coaches do. Like, what was the point of this? I mean, do we really believe then that quite literally a few days ago he didn't know he was going to 
retain his position as the head coach of the Rams. And then like he went home and had a conversation with his wife and, you know, 48 hours later decides, oh, okay, I guess I'll stay. I mean, it just seems strange because it, I guess the gravity of the decision, like most of us, when we're considering some sort of major career move, probably takes some time to really think about that thing. And so for him to say it at that end of the season, press conference and then for it to be you know just a matter of days it feels like hey you kind of knew this answer probably at that time so I don't really know why you put them through this was this like a negotiation tactic but then you decided nah I'll punt on it did you want to consider your options for a moment I always have a hard time too believing that these guys aren't having conversations with their families throughout the entire season you know like I doubt you leave it to that press conference then you go home then you're like hey honey how do you feel about me doing this again next year I feel like that decision has already been made at that point they've probably discussed it for quite some time because the reports were that he had a lucrative 100 million dollar deal or offer on the table to join the amazon crew so he knows there are going to be options outside of head coaching in the national football league in addition to that the season went sideways in a hurry so you got to figure about midway through they realize they won't say it publicly but they realize they're not a contender for the super bowl they're probably not going to make the playoffs so you start thinking about your future you start thinking about whether or not this is something you want to continue on with um, you know, next year and beyond, especially considering how much money you have. I appreciate the fact, though, that he stood up in front of everyone and kind of had that candor. You know, he was open about it. He was honest about it. I don't think he was angling for a new deal because he just got an extension following the Super Bowl win last year. So it's going to be tough to try to negotiate for more money that quickly when you actually did your worst job in six years on the job. I don't know how that's going to lead to more cash for him. So I think, honestly, he was being honest with everyone. He was telling his coaching staff he might not come back. You might want to pursue other opportunities opportunities but he didn't want to leave the team in the lurch so he took a few days ultimately decided he's coming back and then let everyone know so good for him I hope he's comfortable with it uh the Rams are obviously in good shape with him as their head coach and now it's on to whether or not they can rebuild this thing in a hurry so they can contend again next season I lament Aaron Rodgers for what he does to us now each and every single single season where I feel like he puts us through the whole song and dance and rigmarole of like, am I coming back? Am I not coming back? And apparently it doesn't matter what extension he has signed. He's still going to do it to us and he's going to do it to us. Obviously, he's already doing it to us this offseason as well. I feel like a little bit like that with Sean McVay. I don't mind it with Sean McVay as much because I understand that there are genuine options there and that Sean McVay is going to be weighing them throughout his career. Those television deals aren't going anywhere for a guy like Sean McVay. And so I would imagine that this is going to be a consideration with him over and over and over again. And at the end of every season, we're going to have to have this conversation because he's only 36 years old. I mean, 36 years old, he could leave and he can go into television for 10 years and then he can go back to coaching and then he could go back to TV for another 10 years and then he could go back to coaching. I mean, we could quite literally see this scenario play out over and over again and see multiple change job changes in his future as well. I just think that this is going to be a conversation and a subject matter every single year for this Los Angeles Rams team. And I do wonder if that in and of itself is going to wear thin for them. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, which playoff team made the most impactful move in the offseason to get them where they are today? Joe and Amber, the podcast.